0: Celtics Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me now, John Duke. And we're recording this on the 10th, the decade anniversary, of the Boston Celtics trading for Kevin Garnett. It was a special time for us, John. I know we have recanted or recounted or whatever the word is, we've looked back and, <laughs> right, we've looked back. There we go. I, I, I bet recanted is, no, recanted is take it back. Rekindled? Recounted is what happens when the voting machine doesn't work. But we will. we've looked back many times in the past and talked about what a special day that was. And I remember where I was. I know you remember where you were. And neither of us was in a position to really be recording a podcast. However, we found a way to do it. And very similar to, uh I guess, our vacations earlier this month. You just make it work and you keep the show going. But I remember how exciting it was. And obviously, you've played some clips on Twitter. You know, the uh I remember finding out about you. Which, with every passing year, becomes more and more relevant. It was just so funny when when it was actually happening, you are like, oh, yeah, like pre-nostalgia. But now we here we are 10 years later, it's like legit nostalgia.
1: You know, yeah, it, it was like I, – I think we – the thing about the whole that day, you know, is we kind of knew things were coming. And, I mean, I think first of all, I mean, you got to go back, right? You got to go back to, you know, before the draft and – you know, there was some rumors and some mumblings. And then of course you and I got just completely all hook, line and sinkered, uh, thanks to our good friend Mike Gorman, uh, on his infamous drive back from the draft party that night, following up the Ray Allen, you know, trade. And, and you and I just saying, you know, it doesn't make sense. How is this possible? What is going on? Two guards, you're going to have Pierce and Ray Allen. Of course, nowadays that's like, magic (laughs) you know but in 2008 2007 2008 that's the lunacy you need a big right and you know and he's like you know i think there's there's another shoe to drop and that that fueled shows for another another four weeks uh you know as you and i went through the july usually a, a quiet time and there were peaks and valleys in that you know there was you know, no way KG's looking at Bostics. He's looking at LA and then Phoenix got in the mix somehow. And, you know, and then, you know, who knew who would thunk? We're sitting there. I'm Shawn gone back for vacation. Was almost
0: the guy too. Sean Marion was we almost wound up with Sean yes. Marion instead. Yes. Mm. I mean,
1: it's just, you know, there, there was a lot of, a lot of emotion through that. And, it, you know, it was, I wouldn't say it's comparable to what happened with the, the the Gordon Hayward situation that was a, a bit of a of a different scenario uh, just because of how long it took for this to play out and it seems so
0: desperate because well, you, you know, know what? It, you it, let, me, at the, let me jump in real quick in on that because the way that the world is now versus the way that the world was then with twitter and breaking news and everything oh oh the my. Kevin Garnett rumors had been out there for 2 years and but they were all sort of i mean, I used to get emails on my blog or messages from my blog people would tell me that and nobody took any sources from the aunt from the internet media as legit whatsoever and i think i've told this story before but i posted a year ahead of time the celtics are going to acquire kevin garnett of course it was 12 months premature and nowadays we would sort of dismiss it like that of course everybody talks everybody's always talking but back then you know it it was totally different now you flash forward to your analogy or your comparison with Gordon Hayward and that kind of was not necessarily a rumor but it was almost the worst kept it was it was it was a secret because he had not made his decision but it was like so inevitable. We all just kind of waited for it to happen over the course of those two years. And so the, I think the biggest difference is KG was it really was a surprise, even though Sean Grandy was kind of alluding to it. You know, mentioned right. the other shoot a drop with Gorman, like all of that. Um, and at the same time, it still felt like a gigantic surprise. Gordon Hayward didn't feel like a surprise. It felt like that that was what was supposed to happen. And you
1: know what's interesting is there's so many folks that are listening to our show here and you know, they were kids, literally children <laughs> when we were broadcasting, making up a show. Maybe they were listening. Jared Probably Weiss was they in nice. high
0: school, bro. Jared
1: Weiss, Jared Weiss was, uh, yes, he was riding his, his big wheels. Um, Bobby Manning.
0: May or may not yeah. have still been in diapers. No, obviously yeah, li- not, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally, Bobby Manning may have been riding a big wheel at that time. If big wheels actually existed, power wheels perhaps, but not a big wheel. Um, that's only for us old heads like uh, you and I, but yeah, I mean, this was, this is a decade ago, 10 years ago, right? My, my, my son is going to be 11 here, you know, I mean, this is, you know he was just turning 1 you know turning at that time you know it's just like he's in middle school right i mean that's how long ago this is you look at some of the pictures of yeah, the my guys daughter now wasn't even born then. yet right my younger right. daughter yeah, my, had my youngest. not
0: even been born it's it's bizarre
1: how long ago this is and you know you look at that and it's amazing because the the distance, like the difference in how the Celtics organization is looked at now versus then. You know, there was a die-hard group of us that were, you know, certainly Jeff Clark and and John Corrales and um, you and I and and JB and, but it was a small community of people, really. Uh, you know, there was and most the real people GM.
0: trashing Danny Ainge, absolutely like, since he traded Antoine Walker, just trashing him and Antoine wasn't wildly popular
1: I was not a fan of Antoine's personally but you're absolutely right he was a very divisive figure and the moment he got sent out of town a lot of people just said nope he doesn't it Danny doesn't but know it was
0: Ray LaFrance it was before people on the interwebs right. understood the cap at all look at all the exactly. cap experts we have on Twitter and how educated the casual fan can be Regarding the finances, the financial parameters and implications of doing a deal in today's NBA. And that was really what it was. Yeah, they got an expiring contract. They got, you know, Ray LaFrance, blah, blah, blah. But everybody was pissed. And really all Danny was doing was setting them up so that they could make the right kind of deals. And they got a first round pick out of that. Who was it? Tony Allen wound up being the pick? Uh, oh,
1: uh, the Wraith LaFrance deal? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was,
0: I thought it was Delonte, but it was one of the, because they were
1: back yeah. to back there in 04. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, it was, it was all prelude. And, and for that matter, a lot of criticism, people were looking, at, they were looking at the trade this year of the one, number one pick for Tatum and, and the future pick there, Say, well, the last time Danny had a bad trade, like when was that? And some said Jeff Green. And other folks were saying, well, he did that Timberwolves deal to get Telfair. But, they forget that the Telfair Telfair deal also included Theo Ratliff. So without Ratliff, you don't have the matching salaries to be able to get KG. So, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, you look at these, it looks like a bad deal on the surface, but over the long haul, and a lot of these deals that Danny does seem to fall out that way. The Rondo deal, killed the Rondo deal, hated it. Gee, now how does it look? You know, I mean, on and on and on, you look at these situations. I think the perk deal is probably one where we look back and say, well, it didn't work out. They had a good team at the time, but perk was walking at the end of that year. No matter what, they weren't going to resign him. And instead they got, they got a younger player back who could, who could play maybe that small ball four. Um, uh, of course it was Jeff Green. Well, so, and let's add that just work out the but. worst
0: deal that had happened in recent history. Was the trade for Vin Baker, and Danny yeah. got us out of that. So yeah. that right there should have been the telltale sign. Like the team, figure out a way out of that. They then you got to give them like you got to give them mad props. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to be a little bit lenient because Vin's contract was going to be an anchor for oh. a long time on this franchise. Brutal. Yeah, and and, and so. The, the you know we looked at that early early
1: part of the year let's say that 03 to 06 run that you know when you know a lot of us were on message boards on blogs it was a small dedicated hardcore group that loved this team through and through loved the the development of the players really loved Al Jefferson, Delonte, Ryan Gomes, uh you know <laughs> Tony Allen I mean the list Gerald Green uh, you know the list went on and on and we were really were enthralled with this um, what was happening this internal development that was happening on that roster but the but the thing was is they weren't very good you know they, they weren't good teams they were peaks and valleys of you know, when Antoine came back they had a nice little run uh, they had a nice run obviously um, just at the that that pierce antoine year in in 2 but that was about it, going back to the, the bird era. It had been so long since this team was legitimately a contender. I don't care if they were in the Eastern Conference Finals 2002. That was, that was a team that was never gonna go, I mean, that wasn't gonna happen that year. Uh, and that KG deal, it just changed it changed the franchise, and, and what I've seen some of the posts today, people put together, um, Ben Rohrbach from, from Baldo Lie, saying things like, you know, it changed the way, Danny's saying, it changed the way that young players looked at the Celtics. You know, for us, us old heads, you know, we remember Bird. we remember Russ, you, know, you know, Parrish and McHale and the Big Three, and we remember those days. But the guys who were playing, you know, in 0- 07, 08, they didn't have any sort of, You know, experience and but now look at it now, 10 years later, guys like Gordon Hayward 10 years ago, he was 17. Uh, you know, Horford Horford was was a rookie coming in, so their experiences are that the Boston Celtics are not just a relevant franchise, but are a true championship contender. The Celtics dancers had barely
0: even been around, (laughs) and there are people. That never really saw Red Hourback do an interview. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of distance we're talking about with the last decade. That's crazy. It's, it is. Because anybody before that knew Red Auerbach and at least had seen him smoke a cigar once. Right.
1: You know, his health hadn't been great, you know, no. over the last couple of years, the 04, 05, 06, we saw him next to never. Um, you know, he had, you know, in that 02 Jim O'Brien era, you know, we, there was, you know, you'd see him here and there. Uh, but he was, he was certainly elderly and, and getting up there at age. But 08 is, that's six years after that 02 run. Uh, things or or I guess let's say 07 because. Things were just very dire at that circumstance. Yeah. Pierce, who was apparently looking to, to get out of there. If things didn't dramatically change, you had that incredible 18 game losing streak punctuated by Tony Allen blowing out his ACL. Um, You had, but on the other hand, you also had Al Jefferson making some strides, Delonte making strides, you know, so there was positive, even in as bad as that 07 season was, there was positivity. And of course, a lot of us, and I remember you and I talking about it and JB talking about it on the show, Odin or Durant, Odin or Durant. And of course, things going so badly in that draft lottery, but we never would have thought from that night, we, after that draft lottery and us being so down in the depths, I mean, really despondent stuff. Worse than, than a few years ago when they lost. Worse than, it was the worst moment, probably, right there. That, that was the ebb of the whole thing. And to go from there to roughly, what, six, well, I guess ten weeks later, being far and away the most talented team in the NBA. That's a wild ride, man.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a totally wild ride. And real quick, I'm just going to do a station identification. Follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live as well as your host. Follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash CLNS fans and you can download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace the youtube channel is blowing up youtube.com slash clns media for high definition full-length locker room interviews the garden report the round table the uh the banners broadcast there's so much video going on i know we promised our listeners video a few shows ago and it is coming just sit tight it's on its way (laughs) you all want to see our faces i know how. (laughs) i know they're just clamoring they're just clamoring for 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 uh, yes. John and Justin's or or the the jug head and the dad head yes. and the the, yes. the duke head i guess Dukehead. You never go. got a, how how in 15 years have we not spun the head moniker somehow in your direction that's that's weird I'm not sure I, it's a moniker. I, I think I'm careful dodging on English my part probably
1: today. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, just just destroying it. I'm I'm shredding it today. That's great. Shred,
1: shredding it. Yeah, absolutely killing it. Um <laughs> it's <laughs> No, it it's great. All these podcasts are out there now. Hey Justin, how many podcasts were there when we were uh when we were broadcasting in the as,
0: you know, as, as far as Celtics go, there was there was none. Uh um, there were <laughs> other than us. <laughs> But there really weren't that many podcasts. And I'm not even sure that we can call ourselves a podcast at that time. We did make it available for download. So in that sense, it was a podcast. But we really did a live show. And I had, I mean, how much equipment? You remember the live draft night show we had? I probably had five pieces of equipment, two computers. We had to have a TV so that we could see what was happening. You couldn't watch it on your phone. I mean, think about that. If you're, if you're one of the younger generation listening to this right now, and boy do I sound super freaking old right now. (laughs) But like when I, when we do a draft show now, I just plug in my headset and I go pull up the ESPN app or yeah, I think that's what the draft is held on uh, or whatever it is. And I just watch it on my phone muted while we do the show and watch the draft and Mm -hmm. Just 10 years ago, we had to have five different pieces of equipment, two computers. I think I used Vonage and we had a phone coupler that would run the 1-800 line in and we did a live show. It's just, it's crazy how much, uh, has changed in, in just a decade. But I guess if you're lucky, you still only live eight decades, John. So maybe that puts it back in context for us.
1: <laughs> it puts it, it puts it in context and it, and now we can just about do, we could do a whole show on a phone. So that's, that's where we are. We've, we've gone from five pieces of equipment to one we carry around with us every day. Five pieces uh, of equipment
0: and two computers. Right. Two computers. To essentially right. a phone. This, yeah. basically
1: this is like those old pictures you see of guys going into a, a big lab in the sixties to get a punch card that says, you know, Hello, basically that's Dude, what that nobody knows what what we you're just sound like about to the right now,
0: But me, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my maybe God. maybe our buddy Lance G and some of the long time listeners go. know what you're talking about. But punch cards and what?
1: What? What's a punch card, man? That's... What's
0: a vinyl record, John? <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, yeah, I know, A-track. I know.
0: Boom, go a track. Well,
1: <laughs> well we, I don't know if you saw Chad Finn. Did you see what Chad Finn's response to? It? Chad Finn, long time, uh, you know, guest on the show and, uh, the, you know, Mainer at heart, uh, and, and, uh, and still actually a Mainer uh, but obviously works for the Boston Globe. He he tweeted, uh, responded to my comment that we were recording this show and said, uh, yeah, didn't you record those on cassette tapes? <laughs> That's how old we are. <laughs> One, we know what a cassette oh, yeah, is.
0: Dude. we and, and- <laughs> It was about the same time, Chad, thank you for the comment, but it was around the same time you made a mixtape by waiting for the radio to play the song that you liked and then you hit record and then you waited again and you would call in and and make your request, shout it out to your girlfriend on the radio and then try to record it on a tape as you're putting together a mixtape. You remember doing that? I can
1: neither confirm nor deny any of those things.
0: totally (laughs) did that. I but think I know. I know for a fact you've been for, with your wife for a very long time. Yes. You. You can What's the over under if we were to take a bet today on the number of times you called into a radio station to dedicate a song to your wife? Right. This is something nobody even knows about anymore. Well, how? How? What, what is the over under? Twelve. I'll set the line at twelve. I I, well,
1: okay. First of all, there's a couple of complicating factors in this. One, uh, I was a mixtape guru. I don't, I don't, I don't really brag about that much nowadays, but we really relied on the mixtapes that I provided. So there we got that. Two, my wife was a big fan of Delilah. And if, for anyone who knows who Delilah is, do you remember Delilah? I, I actually
0: don't. Which now I feel like not only am I lame because okay. I'm forty two year old, forty two yeah. years old reminiscing about tapes, but I now feel lame right. because forty two. Well, you know, thirty some odd years ago, I didn't know, I don't remember Delilah. So now, so now Delilah I'm for shame. Delilah,
1: she was a national radio host who did evenings, and she would she was broadcast all around the country on like you know, for those in northern New England, WHOM ninety four point nine. Don't you mean uh, Elvira? East- no, no, no. Delilah looks very different, but she'd have these, all these heartwarming, like, sob stories, and I just never had the heart to try to call in. But if I had, I, I totally would have been in, like, Flynn in that scenario, because she was a big fan. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I don't think KG ever called in Delilah. I'm pretty certain about that.
0: No, and if he did, it would have sounded like, Roar! And it would not have fit whatsoever. All right, real quick. We're going to tell everybody about Zip Recruiter and then we're going to come back and talk about Kyrie Irving because I think we need to, we need to segue in back into today and the reality and the drama that is the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. But first, it's the off season and teams are finalizing their rosters for next year. Having the right players on the court will be the key to success. That sharp outside shooter or power rebounder can be the difference between winning and losing. Business isn't any different. Your company needs the right people to be the best. So where do you go to find the top talent? You're not going to find the right candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to post on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter... Get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No more juggling emails or calls into the office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sports fan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sports fan to try it for free today john are you ready to move on to Kyrie, or did i cut off our reminiscing and, and throw back conversation a little a little too close
1: well just maybe just a couple quick points before we talk about maybe today's nba but i i think that there's really you know we when we were doing this you know i we were very bullish i think somewhat hesitant knowing that they didn't have a bench um Knowing that there was a lot of pieces that, you know, could you win with only three guys? Now, of course, you know, we, (laughs) it started a whole era of things, although not in the way that LeBron did it. Uh, let's be very clear about this. But, you know, we, you know, we walked in, we had Pierce, we had Rondo, we had KG, and we had Ray Allen and Perk. And that was about it. And Denny Ainge did the work to fill out that bench, but he had the talent with which to draw players to boston and i remember you know bob ryan our fellow clns media uh host people <laughs> believe that well I, I i passed him in the break room the that other day crazy. and uh, yeah it's wild um <laughs> I, <him> the- <laughs> I
0: i totally went up like totally dirty at the water cooler
1: <laughs> yeah i know i was like hey how's it going bob remember that time in 86 when Bird shot left-handed and then it was like four hours later. We didn't get any work done the rest of the day. The TPS reports were totally piling up for Nick. Anyway, um, you know, they, if there was, Bob was really concerned about that and, you know, said, well, they're going to, you know, bottom half of the East. Well, you know, history was made that night. You know, they, they certainly were able to do what needed to be done and showed the, really the, the way that you build a team from there on out. Uh, and, now we're kind of entering that next era where I think that they are, are they now again setting a new stone and a new mark, a new map uh, to show the way in which how you can build on two different tracks. You build for now, you build for the future, and yes, that's something that that San Antonio is doing and has been doing, but not in this way, not in in such a. An obvious way that they've found San Antonio has found role players through that way they 've found players who've who starred and then you know, go on elsewhere you know Dwayne Deadmans of the world and you know, Targo splitters and so forth but this is this is if, if this works if what Danny does here works. I would be almost assured that the teams that are kind of tanking right now, they're looking at what Boston's doing and they're going to be trying to do the exact same thing here in They'll 2020, 2021. And I don't know how they can do it because they don't have the other part of the KG uh, trade, which is his trade out, <laughs> which brought the three draft picks, the three Nets picks, and and all that this has set up for this era. Um it was a life changing moment on you know, July thirty first two thousand seven, and and I will remember it certainly for forever as as pro- one of the greatest moments as a sports fan and watching that deal happen and the euphoria that lasted for years and years after.
0: It was basically a real GM trade proposal gone <laughs> real real world yeah. right like yeah. this was the yeah. kind of stuff that people would throw in one of those forums and everybody would laugh and mock Never them happened. and then it happened and that's yeah. that's what was so bizarre about it and you know what's you you just teed it up really nicely talking about how could anybody wind up positioning themselves the same way as the Celtics have right now but also What do we just talk about? Like, you never know what's going to happen with injuries. You never know what's going to happen with a team. It can blow up. You should always be trying to battle for number one anyway. And then the whole Kyrie Irving situation actually opens the door for the Celtics to repeat as the first seed in the East. Although, as we also talk about trade scenarios and trade machine proposals that are just like completely outlandish. The one thing I will say about the trade machine that we didn't have back in the real GM proposal days is at least there's a way to keep it financially reasonable. Like some of the proposals out there were like, dude, the money just doesn't work. At least now we got to get everybody in check and put them through the trade machine. But there's a lot of wacky, wild proposals, you know, for for how Cleveland would fire sale on Kyrie Irving. And to be honest with you, John, there's there's no need to fire sale. If they can't get something reasonable, I understand they're not going to get, you know, true value on the dollar most likely because it got out there just the same way it did with Paul George. And I don't think that they got, you know, dollar for dollar value there either for the Pacers. But, but fire sale? I don't think so. I think they, I think that they could make it work during the regular season and just trudge through it until they find something that makes sense. This is the worst time of the year to be trying to make a trade. Everybody's sort of like kind of set themselves up financially for the start of the year. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't see, I don't see fire sale and I don't see why the Cavs organization should feel. It seems like there's a lot of pressure, but as a matter of fact, there's enough has changed there that they can kind of sit back and make sure they do the right thing. Otherwise, they risk the, the chance of really just closing the door on the Le- LeBron James second round era in Cleveland as well. Because if they don't do it the right way, he's already kind of intimated that he's leaving. Uh, he'll definitely be leaving if they don't make the right deal here.
1: Well, I, I, I think I, I'd love to say that, that that I think that that would happen because I think it does make the East a bit more. Um, you know, I think you're going to have one more run, but LeBron's gone. And I think that this is, this is Kyrie trying to assert himself, you know, and not trying to be, you know, basically taking whatever LeBron wants. And that's what this whole thing I think is about is that he's been forced to subjugate to LeBron. Since, since, basically ever since LeBron decided to, uh, to grace Cleveland with his presence once again.
0: Yeah, you're right. He it, was supposed to be the heir apparent. He was. And then all of he a sudden, he guy. was kind of the bitch. And you know what else? Like, why doesn't Cleveland consider trading LeBron? I mean, I understand right. the hit, but that's exactly what Danny Ainge would have done potentially, right? right. I mean, it's a hard move, but think about the picks. Think about the players, and you keep Kyrie, and you keep Love. Of course, they're still going to be competitive. They, well, I, I'm not sure how competitive.
1: Not I mean, top they'll be of good. the East, but they would be competitive. Yeah. But but I wonder if if the damage is already done. Look, the the, the organization itself is a complete disaster. Yeah. you know when when you can't hold on to your GM in a situation where they are right now. You know, guy who wins the, you know, wins the, wins the championship, all the, you know, has a team that builds a team that goes to three straight finals. Um, you know, sets the t- puts the team in a position to get LeBron to begin with. Um, you know, and then to, to cut that loose. And I think that there's a lot of instability and unhappiness with the direction from the ownership there. So I completely understand why Kyrie wants out. I mean, the fact that he's not even talking to anybody, not the Cavs, not LeBron, and, and, you know, <laughs> if you believe, you know, the videos from, from Harrison Barnes wedding this, this past weekend where, uh, <laughs> Steph Curry is, is, you know, basically, you know, making LeBron's workout video look foolish and Kyrie's standing on the side laughing his head off. I mean, that's not a good sign. I don't think that, honestly, I don't think that they can come back with that. I think they have to move him. And I think they can get a good package, but they're, as you said, they're not going to get dollar for dollar. There's just no way that they'll be able to get dollar for dollar at this point. And I don't understand why they didn't make a move sooner in free agency. You know, they've known since almost, since right before the deadline, uh, or, you know, the, the start of free agency that he was not coming, that he wanted out. So, Why wait this long? You know, and, and for that matter, why not? I guess they, they had tried to make the deal for Paul George and, and Indiana was, was balking at the inclusion of Kyrie. So there's a lot of questionable things in terms of what's going on, but I think Cleveland's put themselves in this scenario and they may try to, to force him to come back to training camp. But I think that's, I think that's only going to hurt the value more. Um, it's a shame for for Cleveland's sake, but for Boston's sake, it's the best possible scenario because it does open that that window just a little bit further, and you get an extra year where probably you thought you know they weren't going to be um, competitive or or. or, or Maybe even – not competitive, but, but maybe not possibly or have a real legitimate chance to knock off Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think they absolutely do that, and it's kind of interesting in the parallels with KG because I think a lot of us looked at the Detroit Pistons coming into that year of 2008 thinking, oh, the Pistons are going to be world beaters. They're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be hard to get through, and it was probably the most anticlimactic of of the series that that the that Celtics played in 2008 was against the Pistons. They did beat them once at the Garden. But other than that, really, the Celtics had control of that series from the jump. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland kind of walks away. We've seen that when LeBron has one eye out the door, he does not give the same effort as he does with <laughs> the LeBron that we're used to for all those years. We all remember the way he – basically walked with his tail between the his legs in that Cleveland series in 2010. It's just and I would so be surprised to see that again
0: this year. That fan base, this is the, all they got. I mean, they are so grappled onto this. And the fact that, that they could lose Kyrie and LeBron and get stuck with Kevin Love, I, I know that sounded horrible, but um, it's not really stuck with Kevin Love. But, but honestly, oh. just but think about that. In, yeah. in just a matter of going, in a matter of two years from having gone serious, crazy comeback against a super team that got even more super the next year. And then what, just a little over two years after that, they become almost irrelevant in the East. Like that's, that would be a horrendous swing. So I, I guess it depends on what you get back for Kyrie and how they build and, and all, you know, there's a lot of different, there's still a lot of different factors there, but you, you, in my opinion, like if you don't, if you're pretty certain that LeBron's not coming back and you've got to trade Kyrie and you're not going to get a stud back for Kyrie, at that point, why don't you fire sale it? Like the whole mediocrity piece is, is as we know, it's the worst place to be. They got a new GM. He can just put a whole new stamp on it. But the problem is, also, is the fans will never forgive him for trading LeBron, and they'll never convince the fan base that it needed to be done. Never. It'll always be like, yeah, the first time he left us, they'll never rationalize it to say, he left us last time. Why wouldn't he leave us again? Let's get something this time. right? They'll never rationalize it that way.
1: No. I and And I don't understand why it is that... They don't. I mean, maybe it's a maybe the fact that it is Cleveland and it's the home city and all those things. But God, it just it, it would put them in a much better position post LeBron to be able to to begin to. I mean, they were left with nothing in 2010,
0: 2011.
1: There was Got nothing. It. The the cupboard was bare. Anderson and, Berjau. Hold oh. on,
0: come on. Let's give it for you know yeah, right. sideshow yeah. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> He was right. gonna carry them through the transition, right? The rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> Did they have Z? They had Zedrunis Hilgowski yeah, then still I th- too, I th- right? Yeah,
1: he was still there. I think. I know Z. I know he had the back thing. I'm not sure when that really kind of kicked up, but yeah, he was he was absolutely um you know in a spot where uh you know he hadn't um he hadn't you know, I, I think he hadn't left at that point. And so you had all these like high ticket players, but nobody who could score the ball. It was a lot of Mo Williams. I remember that. And that's
0: right.
1: Remember, Mo I'm Williams. not a fan of Mo Williams. No, Front running turd. Mo Williams. Front running um, turd.
0: Is that the first guy to get front running turd status on yes. the show? Yes. Yes. Mo Williams the was the original Celtic stuff live front running turd. Interesting. Yes. That's a good yes. memory. I, I would not, now that you say it, I remember it was Mo, but, but I, yes. if you had asked me who was the original, who was the OG turd, I would not have remembered.
1: I mean, certainly there are legendary front running turds that go back into the, into the annals of history. But, but in terms of this show, I think, I believe Mo Williams was the, uh, the inaugural, uh, <laughs> individual to really begin that, that very um, important position as, as front, front running tour du jour. So. de jour. Yeah. Oh <laughs> boy. Alright.
0: We've, we've got about, I don't know, maybe six minutes left in the show. We've got to talk about a couple of wrap up signings as we look ahead to training camp. Uh, Celtic sign Shane Larkin. He's been out of the league and overseas for a year and wrap up some of their signings for their rookies. I believe they have, what is it, Bird is the only one that remains unsigned. They're going to be over the limit for training camp. They love to do that, create some competition, have them battle, and then somebody gets the axe much the way that the debate last year kept us entertained uh, as we looked at uh, R.J. Hunter versus James Young. So we'll have a, a similar debate, I guess, coming up. Uh, yeah,
1: I think so. I think it, I think it will be probably between, between Theus, Um or I like to call him Tiffany Amber Theus and, uh, just because oh. I think it's fun. It's right.
0: See, this is throwback show because here we are going Saved by the Bell. And, it's all right. And, I mean, woo, it's all right. Yep. <laughs> so we
1: got Tiffany Uh We got we got Abdul Nader and then and then uh,
0: Shane Lark. Abdul Ralph Nader. I mean, come Ab- on, this Ralph is just, <laughs> Shane. Don't call me Barry Larkin. Every single oh one of these is beautiful. <laughs>
1: We get all of a sudden – who do? Wait, is that – is Chris Bourbon on the line? Chris? Hello? Hey, the readers. Okay. In, anyway, th- look, I think <laughs> – I mean I think that Larkin actually has a shot, honestly. He was probably the best free agent point guard in Europe. Um, he had a $6 million put- contract kind of looking at him, and he went the other way and decided to come here for the minimum. I feel like the Celtics really like him. He's an undersized guard with ridiculous athleticism who can't make a shot. If he can make a shot, if he can figure out the three-point ball, he could be a real player. Uh, I have no idea what Theus can do. I've seen him block shots. I've seen him hit threes, but I have no idea if that has if that translates at all. And Nader, I think. He would be. I wouldn't even question his 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 role in this, other than the fact that the Celtics just have so many swing players this time. You know, he's just at a, a bit of a redundant position. But it, it could go any number of different ways, and I would say that the potential still exists as a trade. I think that's why they add this sixteenth guy. If there's a trade or there's a major injury, this isn't about I you know IT, I don't believe. I think it's just a question of they have options and they've got sixteen NBA players who they can work with. And if there is a trade or a two for one or a three for they've got someone who they can plug and play uh ready to fit into the system and it doesn't hurt their cap at all. So it just makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And it's just the way that they do things every single Every single year, you've got to go in. You know, the other thing that was kind of interesting too, as we talk about some of these newer, younger players and competition in camp was interesting to see Shemi Ujale and Gordon Hayward hanging out, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The good call. Yeah. That was interesting.
1: And I, I, I think that's, that's a good sign to see the, see the, the new guy taking the rook under
0: his wing. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I think. I don't know, it kinda goes into that whole rotation potential, right? Like, I all we've so. talked about is Marcus Morris and, you know, Baines and figuring out all of that and, you know what, also as it relates to Shane Larkin, you know, John, we talked about it before the show but didn't get to it, we just kinda skipped over it, but, I've been kinda talking about how IT's yep. hip is lingering, yada 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 start out the year. There's not a lot of ball handlers. We've already talked about it. Marcus smart obviously would be, but then coming off the bench, who really at the guard position, Terry Rozier is not a ball handler. Demetrius Jackson is gone, which is why we thought that was so curious. Um, and so then they go after Shane Larkin. So maybe that kind of explains a little bit of, uh, Isaiah Thomas insurance there.
1: I very, very possibly, uh, it's, I think that that, that can't, can't help but, to uh, but put the Celtics in a spot where they're not left, left hanging. But this, this IT thing, you've talked a lot about it, you know, both on the show and, and, you know, in Twitter back and forth. I'm concerned about the hip. Um, you've, you've made me concerned. No surgery means that, that he's got to play with this. So you wonder if the new strength and conditioning staff is going to be prepared to, to try to manage that through the rest of his career, but if for a guy that 's on a on the precipice of a of a well nine million nine figure contract here in july um, that 's a, a year from now that that 's a big big gamble, and it makes you wonder if it does impact his contract at all, it makes you wonder how much of this new uh sports medicine um focus that the Celtics are going to have here over the as they as they enter this this season, how that will be impacted by uh in particular their best player
0: well, this isn't going to be the first time we talk about it because we're hitting the dry season right uh <laughs> This is where you and I try to get to training camp. Thank goodness it's it's starting a little earlier this year, right? So it it'll is. be a little bit shorter, it'll start a little bit earlier. That'll be nice for us. So I think we're going to switch to an every other week format. I guarantee you Isaiah Thomas's hip is going to be a common theme on pretty much every one of those shows as well as who's going to start, rotations, There'll be some there'll be some debate that way. Would love to get some questions for the show via Twitter, so don't forget at CSL underscore Justin the show, at CSL underscore tweet live and John at CSL underscore Duke. But yeah, John, I'm a little I'm a little nervous and it's a good point about Larkin because there really are not a lot of guys on this team that can initiate the offense. As a matter of fact, Bradley was somebody that they utilized every once in a while.
1: I think maybe the addition of of Gordon Hayward will help that. I think he's a guy who's going to be running a lot of the offense. And I think we're going to see a lot more untraditional lineups. So, uh, we saw Kevin O'Connor wrote a great piece about that in the Ringer today. I think we're going to see a lot of that, but you need guys with that size. And the Celtics, while they were so small, they're actually now so so <laughs> overstocked, perhaps on the wing. That adding guys at either end of the spectrum, the bigs and the and the, the really the the points um, point guards. Um, that's really where the areas of need are at this point.
0: Yep, it totally is. And we'll break that down a little bit on the next show as well. But that's going to do it for this week. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember, you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick reminder that today's show brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Not only do they have a great deal for all of you listeners, but you would be supporting our show and the entire network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Pool and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic. Celtic
1: Stuff Live.